us get into it. Roughly 20 to 40 years ago, over millions of people immigrated to America in search of a better life for themselves and for their future generations. This was partly driven by the Refugee Act of 1980 and the Diversity Visa Program of 1990. Well, 20 to 30 years later, the children of these immigrants are now adults. Many of these new adults share similar experiences of growing up in America being children of immigrants. I'm your host, Rosalind Claru, and in this podcast, you will hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. In this episode, I will be reflecting back on my early experiences with my ethnic identity and coming to terms with my West African roots. Currently, I'm a grad student studying occupational therapy, and apart from that, I believe in the power of true storytelling, and I hold a deep interest in people and in their stories. So, here's a bit of mine. I was born to parents who immigrated to the U.S. from Cote d'Ivoire, or Ivory Coast in West Africa over 20 years ago. So, fun fact, I'm my parents' first child to be born in America, following my older sister and my three younger siblings who were also born in America. So looking back, being the first child of theirs to be born in the US, I didn't feel many pressures to be a quote-unquote American. I think mostly because my parents were still navigating what that meant back then. So naturally, my parents and my siblings were becoming more Americanized, if you will, as the years went on. Americanized, what is that word? Americanize is a verb defined as to make American in character or nationality. This is a word I heard in my youth, probably around 8 to 10 years old, and I actually resented this word. I had a weird feeling about it and I was a little bothered by this word. I think mostly because it was used in a context that emphasized just how different my family was from other Americans and other American families. So. Here's some background on this story. My mother owns her own hair braiding business. She's a hairdresser. She does African braiding, weaves, crochet, all of that. Definitely hit her up for an appointment. And the bulk of her clients were black women coming from all over. Like, we had black Americans, Africans, Islanders, mixed races, the list goes on. Basically, I had many aunties from all over the world. But this word, Americanized, was a term used by one of her American clients who came from the South, one of the southern states in America. I'm not exactly sure what my mom said or did, but the client felt that it was an American thing to do, or to say. She was like, oh, you're becoming Americanized now. And they laughed because it was a light joke. And I think the reason why I resented hearing that was because it just made me feel like my family stood out and that we needed to assimilate to be American and that we were like so African and out of place. I felt that the way we lived and did things were not American. It made me feel almost wrong that my parents were foreigners. Despite my negative feelings toward this word, um, this client did share with my mom a bomb recipe for baked mac and cheese that I really appreciate her for and you know just having that soul food because you know she was from the south so it was 
some black baked mac and cheese. It was really good. And I do appreciate her for that. And I don't have any bad feelings toward her for using the word. It was just the word itself really emphasize, like, wow. Um, yeah, your family, I mean, and it's true. You have to become, you have to become Americanized. Or, I feel naturally, as immigrants, and even children of immigrants, you become Americanized the more you're in a country and the more you um, dive in and share the culture. Especially if you're planning on living in a place long term. But um, I think it was just my desire to want to be Americanized and to fit in without it being said or mentioned or highlighted that you it's like you guys are doing a great job with this whole American thing despite coming from you know West Africa so I think that's why I felt the way I did towards hearing the use of that word in that way even though there was really nothing wrong with it it was just yeah yeah you are becoming Americanized great job and um, I don't think it's um, makes you feel less. Or maybe that's how I felt at the time. But I just, I just thought I, I didn't want to feel out of place. I just thought um, I wanted to blend in without being a a sore thumb. I don't want to stick out and stand out in that way, where it has to be said that you're becoming Americanized. You're fitting in well with this culture. You're doing a great job blending in. I mean, I guess I didn't want to hear that, because I, because then it's like, oh, at one point you weren't, but now you are. So, great job. I want to share with you a couple mini-stories from my childhood about times where I felt this negative feeling surrounding my African identity that is funny to look back on because of how weirdly embarrassed I felt, but how now it's completely different and it's just a, reflect a reflective moment to think that, oh, I once felt this way because of this and now it's something to overcome. So let's get into those. I remember one time playing outside with the neighborhood kids on the block and my sister was playing with this long stick and just digging a hole in the dirt as everyone was talking, just something to do, you know, keep her hands busy. And one of the kids were like, just looking at her and like, oh, like saying, is that what you do in Africa? And it was just like, it was like so weird to me. I just remember feeling so annoyed and bothered again. I guess I was more sensitive. I guess I was a sensitive child with words. I was just so annoyed. I was like, dang, why do you gotta say that? Like, what does that have to do with anything? How does that signify that, like, uh, this is an African thing to do? You know, it was just like, in my head, this is all internal, of course. I was just annoyed that that comment was made. And, um, because that's just what kids, like, that's just what kids do. Don't kids go out and dig in the dirt with sticks? Is it because we were African that it was like an African thing to do that they had to ask? Is that what they do in Africa? Um, 
Isn't that what they do in America? I don't know. I just remember feeling bothered by it, and that just kind of sticks with me. No pun intended. So my mother has lots of these African outfits and dresses, um, lots of these beautiful dresses and outfits that are made of pine, which is like not the tree pine, not that, but it's the uh, it's spelled P-A-G-N-E, or also known as like African wax fabric prints. They're just amazing, but um. Here I go back to like my embarrassment with it. So she would wear them to church because it's, you know, always classy. And after church, we would go grocery shopping. So, you know, straight from church, she's in this beautiful outfit and she looks great. And I'm just walking around with her and I'm not wearing some anything like what she has on. And I just remember feeling embarrassed walking around with her in this outfit and her pine and she looked beautiful, she's stunning, but in my head I'm like, like we're, we, we stand out so much, we're so out of place, no one else is wearing anything like this. And you know, everyone's turning their heads and she's even getting compliments. And even then I'm like, of course, like people are noticing this, like I just wanted to not stand out, I guess and I felt more out of place. And it's just so, to think about it, so embarrassing that I felt that. And the funny thing is, the irony is that, you know, for my graduation, I was planning to have a dress made out of the same material to wear, to have it like handmade, because I wanted to stand out <laughs> and represent, you know, that culture that identity that I have because it is a beautiful piece of the culture and I like back in my childhood that um, these experiences were back in childhood and as an adult it's, uh, it's a lot different it's more you want it more you want to own it so yeah that that's part of this I recently came across this article that just made a lot of sense and it was cool because it was like, wow, things are relatable, people share similar experiences, this is confirmed. So in 2019, Dr. Jalika Saul published her article in the African and Black Diaspora, an international journal. Her article is entitled, Conversion Identifications, Divergent Meanings. The Racial and Ethnic Identities of Second-Generation West African Youth. And in her article, I want to highlight the basis of it, sharing two quotes. The first one being, African immigrant youth also encounter anti-African sentiments that increases the likelihood of distancing from African identities in childhood. So these anti-African attitudes form a distance for African youth from their African identity. The second quote shares a similar message stating, 
Anti-African sentiments led to distancing from African identities in childhood, but in high school, there is a destigmatization of African identities. These quotes really resonate with me and leads me to the following stories that I'm about to share with you. I was born in Boston and raised in a suburb outside of the city, so essentially I attended all PWIs, which are predominantly white institutions, so therefore my friend groups early on were predominantly white, but I did have friends, you know, the little sprinkles of us, friends of color, who I'm pretty sure were also ch children of immigrants. Um, I befriended them more closely than I did with the children who were not of color. I remember I had a friend in elementary school, and her family was from Egypt. I guess at some point I learned that Egypt was a country in Africa, and I thought that it was so cool that she's African, I'm African, but we look different, but you know, we kind of we have the same roots, we have the same common uh, denominator with us being from Africa. So I do remember at recess time, I was I wanted to tell her like, hey, you're African, how cool is that? So I'm like, hey, you're African, did you know you're African or something like that? And she was like, no, I'm not, I'm not African. What? And I was like, yeah, you are, Egypt is in Africa, so that makes you African. And she was like, no, I'm not African, I'm not, she's denying it, she's like not having it. She's adamantly denying it, she's like rejecting that idea, that thought, she's not African whatsoever and she just wasn't having it. And I was so confused because I was like, isn't this a true fact though? But I remember going home that day from school and I was telling my mom, okay, I told my friend that she's African, but she said she's not, isn't she African? And I was like, yeah, she's African. Like, why would she not, uh, why would she deny that? And I guess I never gave it any more thought well, definitely, like, at the time, I didn't give it any more thought. I was just like, okay, she doesn't want to be African. Okay, she's Egyptian. So more recently, during the past few months, I befriended a woman who is from Egypt. She immigrated to the States from Egypt. So at one point during our exchanges, I did ask her if Egyptians consider themselves Africans. Now, I'm not in elementary school anymore. And this Egyptian woman is older than me, and I just wanted to hear the perspective from, you know, an older Egyptian person. She said, of course, of course Egyptians are Africans. You can't deny that you're African. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> because you're part of the continent. But I have to keep in mind that, you know, these are two different people with two different experiences, two different perspectives. And the biggest thing is like that these are, these two instances occurred at two different points in time. So with my friend in elementary school, that must have been about 10 years ago, and this is the present, and I'm sure she accepts the fact that she is African, and I'm sure she claims those, those rights, I guess. Um, she claims her African side. And she owns that Egypt is in Africa, that's something you can't deny. And that would make her African. But I do feel there's a there's a line 
with sub-Saharan Africans and North Africans that I, I know about, and that may have played a big role in maybe her influences and her choice to say that she's not African at the time. But yeah, ten years later, like, things are different, and I'm sure many people are claiming, coming to terms with, and accepting their African heritage. But this denial, this original denial of African roots from my peer, who was a child of immigrant parents from Egypt, brings me back to the quotes that I shared earlier from Dr. Jalika Sal that these anti-African sentiments, these attitudes, stereotypes, uh, the stigma, can really distance you from your African identity, and I think that's what I've seen, what, that's what I see in her, or I've seen in her at the time. And I also had a similar experience of this myself. The stigma attached to Africa and Africans also played a major role in navigating my own ethnic identity at an early age. I denied my African roots, and I really do look back at that experience and think, like, I kind of wish I, I a lot wish I didn't do that, and I, I just question myself, why would I do that, even though now I know that, I know I can understand why. I wasn't super distant in my African identity, not until middle school, and this is the story on that. In the 8th grade, the last year before high school, I survived middle school with the whole identity stuff, but here is a pivotal moment where I created a distance from my African identity. I say African identity, though I'm not- I can't really own that, I feel. We'll get into that later. But in 8th grade, my class had a new- a new international student from Uganda. So we have an, another African in the building, and he's- he's really cool. He became really popular. I think part of that was because of his accent, and that the fact that he was like straight from Africa, so that's- Huge, and this is another PWI, of course, so you can imagine the excitement. We had, a, I think we had all of our classes together, and I remember in math class, um, my math teacher in 8th grade was what people would call a pushover. She was so sweet though, but people really did take advantage of her. I guess we were like working on problems. He sat next to me, and he asked me, where am I from? Like, where are you from? And I I knew exactly what he was asking, knowing that he knows where he's from and he's from Africa, and I knew what he was getting at, but I was not giving him the answer that he was looking for. So I said, I'm from I'm American, I was born here. And he was like, Yeah, I know you were, but like where are you from? And I was like, I'm American, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean where am I from? Uh, this is my country. I was born here, and he was like, yeah, he looked persistent because he knew, somehow he knew, I, I, my roots were not too far back to trees. And that's another thing, that's a really um, interesting thing that people can identify, like Africans can identify 
their people and, and uh and the distinction between black americans so well in that moment i convinced myself that i was a black american that this is my country and this is all i know i don't i don't know anything about africa and he knew that i wasn't saying the full answer he knew i was american he knew i was born here but he knew my family was not and i don't know how he knew that but somehow they know africans know and i just felt even in the moment i knew that i wasn't being completely honest i wasn't giving him the answer that you know i wanted to say and i i, I think i did want to tell him but i for some reason i didn't I would say that the stigma and embarrassment of, around being African or having African parents just made me want to form that distance and escape that identity. And to be honest, it's a really cringy memory and um, there was a shame and a friction in being African that I wish didn't exist. And in retrospect, like knowing that this student came straight from Uganda, he probably, probably has spent his whole life around people that looked like him and then coming to the states where in a pwi in this town where he is the minority he was probably actively seeking people and faces that look like him and not just any black person like knowing that he knew like oh i'm not just any black person knowing like seeking africans like, I didn't think about that at the time, but now, when I think about that, I'm like, dang, I really, I really, I really should have, um, had, like, formed that connection with him. Instead of him becoming a trophy friend or a trophy peer to a lot of the white students. But yeah, that is the distance, that space between the African identity within me and the American culture around me. And that's the result of that in middle school. And things did change, you know, in high school and in college where there was a destigmatization, as quoted earlier, and um, you do come around to your culture and you claim it, you own it, and you come to love it. And you want to be proud of it, and you want to have that difference, and and you do want to stand out when you realize that everyone is the same. Or everyone, at least in my case, in my, in my town, in my PWIs, everybody was kind of the same type of person. Eventually, I did come to terms with the status and identity of being a child of immigrant parents. Coming to terms with that and what that means for me as an individual rather than allowing other people to define that for me. And these are people who knew nothing of Ivory Coast, I'm sure, and in a way, I allowed them to make me feel less for coming from that ethnic background. And then I perpetuated that by denying my roots. So again, in retrospect, that is embarrassing. This feeling of feeling ashamed and bitterness of having African roots. When Africa is the motherland, you can't feel embarrassed about that. 
I can understand the perspective in rolling in PWIs and being surrounded by the majority, you know, white kids with the lack of culture and even like some black kids, because we're all in this environment. We're all in this predominantly white environment. How their perspective of Africa would be negative and full of stereotypes that say, you know, Africa's poor, Africa's uncivilized, it's disease-ridden. So I do blame the media and American history. But yeah, media and history. So, I'm definitely at a point where I've claimed this identity without distancing. I take pride in the differences and in the culture, anti-African sentiments and attitudes held by some people that I once allowed to distance me from this African identity I have are vanished. These are no longer existent. These are no longer an influence. But being a first or second generation American, depending on who you ask, the terms first and second are, they vary, they, they can be different, you know. I use them both to say the same thing. I use them as, your parents immigrated here, so you are the first generation to be born in this country. Or, some people think that a first generation this might be even the textbook term, becoming a citizen, the first generation to become a citizen. So I see both sides, but I use both terms, and the overall overarching term is a child of an immigrant. And this is a kin of us, this is a whole family. It leaves us in an odd position, but we can all relate across cultures. This is a, a, a cross-culture experience. And this is akin. So here's my question. Do you also feel that you are too American to claim your family's heritage? Or that sometimes you're too much of your family's origin to be American? Well, in my case, I may feel too American or too black to be African. In other cases, I may be too African to be American, or Black. This is a continuous duality that is part of the kin of being a child of an immigrant, and has its ups and its downs, and I think that when you come to identify that for yourself, and you live in it, there's a flourishing that goes on, and an ownership and you walk in confidence, and labels do not always define a person. Yeah. In the next episodes, you will hear similar stories around identity, and I think that you have to cross that bridge, that middle school bridge, to get to comfort and confidence in identity in adulthood. And there's many bridges, many more bridges to cross, but, um, yes, so please stay tuned for the next episodes. 
Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Americanized podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope to catch you in the next episode. All original music produced by Stubborn Soul. You can find him on all music listening platforms at S-T-B-R-N-S-A-L. Peace out.